Track Smack with Don Hall. Smackcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mike Haig with Race Day San Antonio, and welcome to a special podcast called the Smackcast here on TrackSmackRadio.com. Today's podcast will feature all of the audio from Sunday's press conferences at Phoenix Raceway. First, we're going to hear from NASCAR Cup Series champion Chase Elliott, driver of the number nine Henrik Motorsport Chevrolet. Then we're going to hear from championship winning crew chief Alan Gustafson. After that, we're going to hear from Hendrick Motorsports team owner Rick Hendrick. Then we're going to hear from U.S. Vice President of Performance and Motorsports for Chevrolet, Mr. Jim Campbell. Then we're going to hear from Denny Hamlin, driver of the number 11 Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota, Brad Keselowski, driver of number 2 Penske Ford, and then Joey Logano, driver of the number 22 Team Penske Ford. And we're going to wrap up today's podcast by hearing from seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion Jimmy Johnson, driver of the number 48 Hendrick Motorsport Chevrolet. First up is Chase Elliott. Okay. The man is here, man of the hours. Uh, we are now joined by the 2020 NASCAR Cup Series champion, and that is Chase Elliott. We have several questions lined up here. We will get to them first. I uh, wanted to get throw out a quick stat. Uh, credit to uh, my colleague Amanda Ellis on finding this one. Last time most popular driver won the championship was 1988, and that was your father, Bill Elliott. So that's kind of a cool stat to tie this all together. I will kick it off right now to some questions. If you have one, raise your hand in Zoom. Physically raise your hand in the room, and we'll get to as many as we can here. We'll kick off with Dustin Long. Go ahead, Dustin. Thank you, uh, Chase. Uh, I'm curious, is that um, throughout your racing career, when you've looked up, looked at uh, the champions in other series or even looked up to them, I'm curious, what did you see in things that stood out to you about what a champion was? And I know you've already won an Xfinity championship, but what do you hope people see out of you now being a cup champion? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I look at the guys who have achieved this honor as guys who perform in the toughest of situations. And I felt like that's been an area that we haven't done a great job of over my first five years, um, really up until last week. And we had a tough situation, a performer go home type night there at Martinsville and was able to step up and, and really get the job done. And I thought that was the piece of the puzzle that we haven't had. Uh, and, and I really felt like we had everything else that we needed, and I really believe that. So um, last week was a big week, and, you know, I think it was a great practice session and, and a um, situation that, that really helped guide us uh, through today and in and, and preparation and execution. What, what do you feel like changed the last two weeks? Why did you suddenly become this guy that can handle it in the pressure situations? Heck, I don't know. Um, you know, I feel like we just put a lot of emphasis on the things that matter and, and, and really just didn't care about anything else. And, you know, there's just so much distraction in the world. Um, everybody's tied to their phones and, you know, you can get a hold of anybody anytime. And there's just so many things and, and from the outside that can reach someone. And, um, you know, that that's one thing that, that I felt like, our whole team just did a better job of was just boiling down to the things that matter. And ultimately it's, it's, you know, how good of a job do we do building that car? How prepared am I um, coming into a race weekend and how do we execute it? 
And I feel like those three things we put more emphasis on than we ever have. I feel like I was mentally locked in better than I've ever been. And yeah, I think the results showed. Thank you. Yep. Next we'll go to Mark Garrow. Go ahead, Mark. Thank you, Mark Garrow, PRN. Congratulations, Chase. Thank you. Um, what's it What's it feel like or for you personally to come through with, as I described to both uh, Mr. H and Alan, talking about the same thing, to hit two walk-off homers in a row? So you, yeah. you, you hit a walk-off homer to win the division championship, and you just hit a walk-off homer to hit the world – to win the World Series. Um, what's it feel like uh, to, to have that kind of emotional high and come through, uh, as you were talking about before, under these kind of circumstances? Yeah, just crazy. Um, I mean, heck, how could you – I'm not sure I could have sat down and drawn it up any better, you know. Um, so I just – you know, I, for me, it, it's unbelievable. It, it, it's something that I'm not sure – I. I've well, I know I haven't let it sink in yet. I'm waiting on it to hit me and I'm gonna break down and look like a fool here in a minute. Um, I know it's coming, so I really hope I get done with all this media before that happens. But, um, you know, just so grateful for the opportunities and, and things that I've had over the years. Um, great people, you know, my, my mom and dad, and, and their support obviously has been there from the beginning. Mr. Hendrick came in and really changed, changed my life uh, when he wanted to help. And then, you know, uh, not to sound like a NASCAR driver, but Napa auto parts too, um, you know, coming in when they did, I mean, I, you know, 2014 wouldn't have happened without them and the championship that came that season. And, and man, they've been, a, they've been a champion partner for years and now they have a championship to go with it. So, uh, very grateful for, for a lot of great people and, uh, more people than I named that have got me here today. Can you explain what the emotion is, how, how high this emotion is? Last week you were in the car screaming. Was this a different kind of emotional scream or, or situation today? Um, similar, just bigger, you know, just like this is as big as it gets. I mean, my goodness, I've, you know, um, I mean, a champion in, in NASCAR in the Cup Series. I mean, are you kidding me? Like. I just, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Next, we'll go down here. We'll go uh, take three questions of the media center. We'll go Alex, uh, Cole, and then Cameron, and then Dominic. Hey, Chase, congratulations. Um, you know, that moment when Jimmy drove up to your car afterwards, he said he couldn't quite remember what he said to you during that time. I'm wondering if you remember and what sort of that moment symbolized for you. Yeah, we were just screaming, or I was screaming. I don't know what he said. Uh, but I know we high-fived each other and that was really cool. Um, so yeah, in that moment, actually there was a, there was a photo that had sat around our, my, my parents' office for years. Um, and I think it was 2001, if I'm not mistaken, 01 or 02, dad won the race at Homestead and Matt Kenseth won the championship and y'all can fact check me on that, but I think it was 01 or maybe, I don't know, whenever Matt won his champion, 03. Okay. So he won the race, dad won the race and, um, Matt won the championship and there was a photo that sat around, um, of them high-fiving in their cars as they were driving by. And I saw Jimmy kind of taking his victory lap up there and that picture flashed in my head. And I was like, damn, that would be super, super cool to recreate that moment. Um, so 
Yeah, we did. I really hope somebody took that picture because that was really cool. Um, so I hope somebody got it, but that was um, really what sparked that and what made me want to go do it. Next up, we'll go to Cole. Hey, Chase, congrats. Cole Cusimano at Popular Speed. Uh, Jimmy had mentioned uh, he spoke with you and Alan pre-race about when he won the race in the championship in 2016, uh, his final championship, obviously. Um, you did the same today, carrying the neon yellow nine in his honor. Yeah. Uh, so what did that mean for you to, to achieve that feat um, in your first attempt? And it, was that kind of like a passing of the torch in a way? Yeah, I guess we should just change our colors to neon all the time. Kind of what I'm thinking. But um, yeah, you know, today I feel like symbolizes a lot of great things and, and I feel like there's a lot of things from today I'll look back on, you know, in a week or a month or a year and I'll be like, dang, that was really cool. So that being one of them for sure, you know, Jimmy's Jimmy and I have shared some really cool moments on track and they've been in really big moments of my career. You know, the moment we shared after Watkins Glen, the road to that first win. Um, and then for the greatest of all time to, you know, be kind of hanging it up today and to win a championship on that, on that day. I mean, that, that's just a really cool thing. And, uh, as a, as a fan of his number one, and as a person that's looked up to Jimmy in many ways over the years, um, I'm not sure I could have dreamt that any, any better. Cameron. Cameron Richardson, the lumberjack chase. Congrats. Uh, with all the craziest craziness this year has brought, what was the most difficult obstacle you had to overcome on your path to the championship? Yeah. Um, I, I think for us, it's just been kind of getting over the hump in those big moments. Um, something that we've done a okay job of at times, but not something we've been able to do with authority. And I really thought, you know, Performing like we did last week at Martinsville was a really big deal. And then performing like we did today, I thought was a really big deal. So uh, finding that groove and finding that comfort in those big moments, I think is huge. And that's something that, you know, we, we can take this and, and grow from further. And I'm really excited about that. And I'm really proud of my team um, for for stepping up in, in big situations and getting it done. Next, we'll go to uh, Michael. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah, uh, Morgan told me, um, you know, she, she's a part of our team, and she kind of let me know that, uh, you know, we had failed twice. And my first thought was like, oh, we're going to lose our pit pick too. Like that was the first thing in my head. I'm like, oh, dang, you know, we're going to lose that first pit box. Like I really don't think, you know, starting position is great and all, whatever I feel like from that standpoint. But that pit pick is huge. Um, that starting position stays with you. It could potentially be done when you leave turn two, but that pit pick stays with you till the race is over. So the first thing that really kind of stuck in my head was like, dang, we're going to lose that too. And then once I kind of realized that we didn't, um, I'm like, okay, you know, if, if we have our car good and our balance is right, you know, who cares if you start last for heck the race 312 laps, you know, um, that's no excuse to not get the job done. I feel like if your car is driving good. So, um, yeah, just uh, took it for what it was and enjoyed that we still had that first pit box and got going. Yeah, I 
Uh, I mean, you know, I, I don't know that that's really for me to say uh, who is or isn't the face of something, but um, you know, and from where I sit, it's a performance industry, right? It's entertainment from the outside looking in, but what makes my living is performing or not. So, um, I think me performing at a high level is going to take me a lot further in life than being the face of something. So, um, my focus is on doing my job and that's to drive a car, uh, to its full potential every week. Um, as long as I'm hired to do so. Yeah. Thanks. Dominic. Dominic auto going with the racing experts. When you look back on this season, what would you say are some of the biggest lessons you have learned as a race car driver? Man, man, y'all got some tough ones today. <laughs> um, heck, I don't know. Um, you know, I think about, I know I kind of keep coming back to last week, but I just think about last week and the things that, that, that kind of, um, brought and and the emotions that came with that i i just i guess a big lesson i've learned uh, over the past couple of weeks is you know if you if you believe you can do something and and you put the you put the preparation and you put your head in the right place you can go and and accomplish great things and um i felt like i was in a better mental state you know over the last couple months than than i've been in in the past i felt like i was locked in and um that's great right like being locked in doesn't just guarantee you to do good and i understand that um everybody's locked in i feel like when you get to this point but uh, those things certainly helped and i think that helped me to get to another level and uh i look forward to building on that and and trying to improve and 60 years from now, when you're sitting on the rocking chair, thinking back on this night, on this championship run, what are you going to remember the most? Just exactly that, you know, like when I'm, when I'm dead and gone and my dad's dead and gone, uh, he and I will share a championship, uh, with the last name Elliot for forever. And I don't think it get much, I don't think it gets any cooler than that. My opinion. Next we'll go to, uh, Jerry Jordan. Go ahead, Jerry. And Chase and Jerry Jordan kicking the tires on that first. Uh, uh, that's that photo's on Twitter. I'll make sure you get the actual real copy of it. Thank uh, you. you, you Thank you. Jimmy. I'm excited about those. <laughs> Not a problem. I'll make sure you get that. Second, <laughs> um, can you talk about like, did you think this, like this? this day, this race, not, not the championship per se, but the race itself would get here with everything that's gone on this season where you just like, was there kind of a sigh of relief when you came in here today and you knew that this was the finale win, lose or draw this was 2020 for you. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. And, you know, I, I think last week is, was that for us too. And I put a lot of emphasis on that. I talked about it a lot. Um, and I challenged myself to realize that too, you know, it wasn't the championship for no, um, but it was a perform or end your season. Yes. And that's the same thing as it is today. Uh, this is such a unique format. You know, I, I, I did think about today, when I woke up this morning, I was just thinking about my kind of career and, and the things I've gone through in racing and just such a unique way for, for racing to be there. There is no other, like there was nothing through my racing career that, you know, took 16, then to 12 and then to eight and then to four. Um, and it was just super interesting. I just thought about it and I was like, dang, you know, that, that's a, 
it's such a unique thing and it's such a new perspective on uh racing that we have not had from you know being a competitor uh, all my years of doing this you know in short tracks and things of that nature there's just nothing that really felt like that there were big races but heck there's bigger the daytona 500 is a big race um so it's just such a different feel uh as you kind of dwindle it down and you know it makes you kind of understand i guess what other sporting uh figures and athletes um feel like because that is more similar i guess to their situation it's different um and in some situations some people might not like it and i, I understand why uh but from a competitor standpoint dang you know it it is different there's not a lot that really prepares you uh for it you know until you get to to nascar thank you congratulations bud. thanks next we'll go to steve hummer go ahead steve uh, uh hey chase um i'm just wondering that being a champion a nascar series champion does that change that'll change perceptions obviously outside this outside your world of, of who you are does it change your perceptions yourself as a as a race as a driver i don't know um that it changes i don't know i don't know what it changes to be honest with you i'm not really sure that i realize what has happened today uh so ask me when we get to Daytona, if it changed anything for me or not, because I don't know right now. Well, can I can um, I ask you about can I ask you about the emotion in the car after, right after the race? The sure. in, in car camera caught caught you kind of teary eyed, and you know yeah. what prompted that? Yes, yeah, I mean this is a moment that heck I I've only dreamt about, and and something that um, heck I I'm still not sure I completely realize what has exactly happened, but. You know, I just, um, I don't feel like I'm a crier, uh, in, in these situations. Um, but dang, you know, I feel like there's going to come a time where I'm probably going to break down and, and, and really lose it. Uh, I feel like I, I kind of did there after the race and, and then you get caught up in everything else that's going on. So I'm really looking forward to just kind of sitting back and, and looking at everything from a different perspective and just, uh, you know, enjoying it, but I'm also going to enjoy it as I'm living it because this is something that may not ever happen ever again. And I recognize that. And, um, it's a moment and, and a time and an accomplishment that I will never, ever, 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 ever take for granted. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a really big deal to me. Thank you much. Let's go to Lee Spencer. Good, Lee. Thank you. Chase, congratulations first, but just curious, Rick Hendrick handed you a phone. Who was on the other end? Yeah, Jeff Gordon. Um, Jeff was on the other end. You know, there was only so many people allowed this weekend. And, um, you know, I was grateful to you know, have my family. And as you have family and, and partners and Mr. Hendrick and, and whatnot, there was only so many spots. And, and Jeff was gracious enough to stay back um, home and, and, um, you know, just really appreciate him calling and, and reaching out and, and saying what he did. You know, it's a big moment uh, for for both of us. I think it's I think it's kind of unique and special for he and I because we both work with Alan, and you know he had a run in a championship with Alan, and 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 you know things didn't work out. And I just I think he's probably one of very few people that respect AG the way I do, and and. Uh, believe in him like I do. And, 
so I think he just knows how big of a deal it is for him. And, you know, he's been a championship crew chief for a long time. It just took until today to actually have the, have the title next to his name, but, uh, man, I'm proud of him. And, and, I'm uh, you know, I wouldn't want to go to war with anybody else. That was my next question for you was just talk about Alan. I mean, he came close with Jeff. He came close with Mark. You guys finally got him to that championship what is it about his character, his determination? I mean, we could all go on and on, but what is it yeah. that makes him so unique? Well, he, you know, I think the bottom line about Alan is he wants it more than you, and he is going to work harder than you to go get the job done, period. Um, you know, he, he's an intense guy, and he's going to outwork you to get it done. I guarantee it. And I've seen that for a long time. And I'm very, very glad that that he can uh, he can quit and be done and and be a champion because he, you know, I don't deserve shit. I don't feel like, but I feel like if anybody deserves anything, it's it's him. And I'm I'm very proud of him for that. Thank you, and thank you for your honest success assessment. Thanks. Next, we'll go to JB Ricks. Go ahead, JB. Hey, Chase, J.B. Rich from Spectrum News One. Um, congratulations on the championship. Um, I wanted to ask you, with you being so young, 24 years old, and getting your first championship and doing it the same year that Jimmy Johnson, you know, ends his Hall of Fame career, you know, with, with his, seven, with his se seven championships, do you gain any inspiration off of that at all as far as the type of Hall of Fame career that you want to build now that you got your first one out of the way already? Man, I don't, I don't – and right now I'm just enjoying today – you know, and, and it's certainly easy to look ahead and, and kind of think what's next. But if there's one thing I've learned so far today, I feel like when you win a championship, it's enjoy now. And I'm going to do that. And I will worry about 2021 and beyond when 2021 gets here. And uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to sweat it right now. Next, we go to Davey Siegel. Davey. Chase, you said that uh, earlier this week you had no idea what car Allen was bringing. You didn't really worry about any of that. With no practice or qualifying, I, I assume that you didn't have any worry about it rolling up the truck being fast. There were no second thoughts there? No, I, I mean, I didn't have any second thoughts for sure. And I hell, I don't even know. I couldn't tell you what car we ran today currently. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, but, you know, I know that, that when we started the race today, it was in the ballpark. Uh, we fell off. I felt like on a couple runs there, Brad got by us and, um, the next adjustment was good. And the last one was even better. And that's all you can ask for. He's talking about, you're going to soak this in. So what are the celebration plans? Like are you going back home or are you staying in Phoenix for the night? Man, good question. I'm going to stay here tonight. I feel like it's late kind of seven. So I think I'm going to stick around here tonight and enjoy a night in Phoenix here in November 8th of 2020. And then, um, yeah, I guess I'll go home tomorrow and I don't know, figure out what's next. I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm going to try to do some racing over the off season, uh, which I'm excited about. And I haven't really spent an off season racing, uh, before. So looking forward to doing that, but heck I'm going to enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. We did it. It's done. Um, yeah, that's it. Here we go. Good deal. Congrats. Soak it in. Thank you. Oh, are they? Okay, perfect. Hey, listen, uh, I'm down. I, I really, 
I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I feel like the town of Dawsonville should just exempt all work and school tomorrow. I think it'll be really cool. Um, but um, yeah, I can't wait to get home. You know, it's actually funny that this week, uh, actually the past couple of weeks, I really didn't know where we were going to start. Um, and as I was driving to the airport, I'd pass the pool room on my way. And on the way, they have, you know, where I'm starting on the sign. So that's, as you know, I'm not on social media right now. So I'm like, hell, here we go. Hey, we're starting wherever this week, which was really cool. So um, I like that. I like figuring it out on the way to the, the airport and let the pool room let me know. So excited for them. Um, what a cool tradition they've carried on for a long time and uh, grateful for the Perkle family and, and um, I'm glad that all those, all those great people can, uh, can experience this with me. Next, we'll go to Stephen Conley. Go ahead, Stephen. Congratulations, Chase. Um, Jimmy was in here earlier talking about what uh, his, his conversation with you and uh, before the race told you that he had to start in the back prior to his final championship. I ne- I wonder if that helped kind of set your mind at ease going through everything that had to happen today and then made the job a little easier at hand. Yeah. You know, the last text message I saw before the race was from Jimmy and he said, you know, the road to the top, uh, I forget what he said, but he said something about the road to the top can be, uh, can have some, some twists in it. Um, I hate you guys are having to start in the back, but you know, I, you, you can get it done. And that was the last thing I saw before the race. So certainly appreciate his support. He's been a, been, been a great support system this week. I've talked to him multiple times. Um, he's reached out on a couple occasions and which is really cool. So very, very, very thankful. I mean, he's a hero of mine. Uh, I think he'll go down as the greatest to ever do this mess. And, um, you know, for that type of guy to be reaching out, lending support and, and genuinely wanting you to do good. I mean, hell, what else can you ask for? And you said earlier that you've been dreaming about this moment. Has it lived up to those dreams and expectations? Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. And, and far surpassed, um, you know, grateful cameras and all the stuff's great as good as it is nowadays, because we get to keep these moments and cherish them for forever. So, um, yeah, looking forward to it. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. Next we'll go to, uh, Marty Seleka. Go ahead, Marty. Thank you very much. Um, Chase, congratulations, man, on uh, your first ever championship. I asked you last week, uh, or excuse me, earlier in the week during media day on how cool it would be with uh, Bill winning the championship in 88, like all those similar L.A. teams, and you now in 2020. That's finally happened now. (laughs) What do you think? How cool is it? I still think stats are for losers. (laughs) Um, I said that, I said that during the week. Um, and that's one of those stats that just don't do you any good. I feel like to think about throughout a week, but yeah, um, that's really interesting. You know, 1988 was a good year, I guess for, uh, for the Elliots. I wasn't around for it, but I heard it was really cool. And, um, uh, 2020 certainly is now too. (laughs) And what you just said about the town of Dawsonville, I think they should get an exemption. Um, I look back at uh, your tardy slip from 2014, back when you were in high school, uh, yeah. uh, on the Daytona 500. Yeah. Uh, you'd stay up. Uh, the day would be 
uh, called off because of uh, Junior. Uh, is this the, what you're kind of feeling now tonight, similar to that? Heck, yeah. If I – yeah, for sure, for sure. If I – if I had to go to school tomorrow, it well, it ain't happening. Uh, <laughs> there's no doubt about that. So, um, yeah, for sure. R- really big deal to me. And um, to be honest with you, there's really not a bigger deal uh, to me than, than this and, and today. So, um, like I said, I, I'm, I'm not going to take it for granted. Enjoy it, man. Congratulations. Thanks. Next, we'll take one from Stephen Toronto. Good, Stephen. Chase, on, on the subject of Dawsonville, uh, you are the latest NASCAR champion from Georgia, and you know obviously you've got everything going on in Dawsonville. You also had uh, UGA Athletics uh, congratulate you on the championship on Twitter. Uh, how much civic pride do you take in being that person to not only represent the state of Georgia, but also uh, bring the championship back there? Yeah, so cool. I mean, I, I know – Listen, I'm as big of a Braves fan and as big of a Dogs fan as you're going to find, and I know the past few weeks have been rough, right? <laughs> um, you know, the Braves losing to the Dodgers after being up 3-1, but, you know, well, I guess it all happens for a reason. If that if that didn't happen, we wouldn't have the cool stat y'all just told me about, uh, about the Dodgers and the Lakers and uh, Dad winning an 88, so um, – I hate that it came at the expense of the Bravos for sure, but um, selfishly, I'm I'm happy the way today turned out. Thank you. Congratulations and go dogs. Go dogs. I know that we have a number of questions left, but uh, that is all the time we have with Chase. Uh, congratulations on your championship. Those in Zoom have a great night. Uh, thank you for your coverage, and we'll see you uh, in Daytona. See you there. Thanks. Okay. We are now joined by our race-winning crew chief, Alan Gustafson. Alan, uh, congratulations. Quite a run out there today. Uh, just walk us through that championship-winning race. Yeah, what an intense race. Um, super competitive. You know, congrats to all the championship four guys. I think that uh, besides us starting in the back, those guys were in the top four or five all day long. So it was just uh, everybody had really fast cars and, and uh, really competitive. And... Um, yeah, we were really fortunate to come out on top, and uh, I was a little worried there when the 22 got in front of us on that pit pit uh, exchange, but uh, our car was good enough at the end to get past them, so it was a really special day. Okay, we'll open up to questions for Alan. Uh, if you have one in uh, Zoom, raise your hand. If you're in the room, you can do raise your real hand, and we'll kick it off with uh, Bob down here. Yeah, Alan, obviously you guys had a lot of speed uh, today, and you guys have this new coming relationship with ECR. I heard maybe that you guys have implemented some things that ECR was using. So was it your engine or ECR's engine? Can you, and um, how much of an impact did that have? Yeah, I mean, um, I, to be honest with you, I, I don't know all the details, but it's certainly a collaborative effort um, between uh, ECR and, and HMS and, and, you know, the Chevy teams have, uh, uh, it's been a, it's been a great uh, evolution in our relationship, and everybody's working really well together. And and I think the uh, performance obviously showed on the track today, and I think it's going to continue to yield uh, good results. So, um, you got to thank certainly Henrik Engines and ECR Engines and Chevrolet and all they've done to give us a a, a great a great engine and great package with great durability today, and it was uh, you know a huge benefit. And also, can you just uh, kind of go through? 
pre-race tech was and uh, yeah. what happened. Thanks. Yeah, certainly uh, it's unfortunate, and I apologize for the uh, to our sponsors and Napa and you know everybody involved. We don't want to go through that. Um, we had uh, our left rear quarter top was low, and there's a few spots on it, and uh, we had to uh, fix a couple other things, and we went around and ultimately worked on the left rear quarter top and and tried to get it up. The uh, rear package tray and the quarter top kind of meet there together, and, and it's hard to get into that quarter top from the trunk or from the inside. And uh, we did our, uh, uh, what I thought was enough, and we worked on it, and unfortunately it wasn't. It's tough for us uh, in those situations. There's just no way to know how much we've moved the uh, moved the body panel, and you try to go a little more than you think you need to, and, and we thought we did, and unfortunately we didn't. So um, I hate that happened. I hate that we put uh, – uh, you know that that uh, everybody in a bad spot there. So um, fortunately, we got it got got it right for the third time. Next, we go to Jim Utter. Go ahead, Jim. Uh, back, congrats, Bob. Alan. A, a follow up on that question. I just wondered what kind of uh, did what kind of how did that leave you guys going into today? Was it really? Did you think it was really much of a going to be a a, a bad headache to start that way, or how how did you how did you think it was going to play out? I didn't, I wasn't, you know, you don't want to start in the back and you certainly don't want to give up first spot, but I didn't feel like it was going to be a huge, uh, a huge disadvantage. And then, you know, as the race went on, um, I started to realize how hard it was going to be to pass. And I was like, man, uh, that could have been a, you know, huge, uh, deciding factor to just the top, you know, all the guys in, in the, in the championship were so fast and, and so good. And, um, it was, it was, you know, tough to pass, especially, you know, the leader. So, um, it was certainly concerning, you know, I started, once we kind of got up into the top five, I realized, man, you know, we got to figure out a way to get around these guys. It's going to be hard to do. Uh, it's going to hard, be hard to, to, to pass those, those, uh, championship guys and certainly the leader. And, uh, I know you, you, you already, you know, you have a, a really talented driver, but could you describe a little bit what you have seen out of Chase, particularly over the last two weeks? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I think I'm his biggest fan. I, there's, there's his, his ability, his intelligence, his, um, the quality person he is, he's just, uh, you know, he's, he's top notch all the way around. And I think that, uh, just going through those situations and succeeding, you know, gives you some confidence to uh, not be indecisive and not second guess yourself and not let doubt creep in when you get into a situation that's, you know, not ideal. And, and when you go through uh, races that are must wins and championship moments like this, um, no matter if you do everything perfect, you're still going to have some adversity to overcome. And uh, I think, you know, him, being able to win in those moments has given him some confidence to uh, know that, that he's certainly good enough to do it. I mean, we all know that um, and you know, you can hear it, but until you do it, you just don't know that. And I think that uh, now it's, uh, you know, given him, given him that reassurance. Thank you very much. Thank you. We'll go to Michael. Knight. You can holler from there. Michael. Thank you. 
Yeah, I was not. I'm, I don't know how he found out. I'm sure that uh, by the time I talked to him, it was pretty well publicized. Um, so I wasn't the person to tell him. Um, but uh, we did talk about it, obviously. And, and uh, you know, he's super supportive of us and what we're trying to do and uh, has a lot of faith and confidence in us as we do him. So um, it's just a situation we were in and we had to make the most of it and the best of it. Um, yeah. And I, I, you know, you, you never know. I, I did feel like coming in here based on how we've run over the last, you know, three or four years, I know the finishes aren't there and the stats may not be the best, um, but we've run really good and we've uh, had some real tough situations and circumstances with it's, uh, you know, not going to valve stem off in this race last year or uh, speeding on pit road, or we got an accident off of, turn two a few years ago, but we've just been at the front. We've had a lot of speed, a lot of pace. Um, so I had a lot of confidence. And to be honest with you, that that uh, winning with four different drivers here is is cool. I'm super proud of that. Um, and uh, I hadn't won on the new configuration. So um, the old configuration, we had a lot of success and, and uh, hadn't been able to master this new one. And I think it's finally wore out enough and, and – uh, tires fall off enough that uh, the stuff that we try to do is kind of back in style. Thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Next we'll go to uh, Dustin Lowen. Thank you. Um, Alan, throughout your career, you've had the experience of working with some younger drivers and, and also veteran drivers. And I'm curious as there are a number of younger drivers moving up and, and certainly your organization's full of them now, can you give me a sense of perspective of working with a younger driver? What what are the things that you had to do as a crew chief? What are the things that the driver has to rely on other people and how that works when they're relying on, on other people, trying to get as much information as possible? I'm sure there's some challenges and just how you work with a younger driver and how you work with Chase um, those early years to build to this moment. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a bit different, you know, but it's it's very similar. I, I think I learned something when I worked with Mark Martin, and we sat down, and um, you know, obviously he had a huge amount of success, and um, we had we had a you know long conversation about what we need to do and and how we need to proceed. And I can remember through that conversation, he told me um, to treat him like a rookie. He said, you know, don't treat me like a veteran. Don't treat me like um, I know what I'm doing. Just treat me like a rookie and give me as much information as possible and use uh, as much information you can to influence me and help me and, and move forward. And really, to be honest with you, since that point in time with him, um, I've taken that philosophy. I mean, he taught me a pretty valuable lesson. So uh, regardless if it's Mark Martin, Jeff Gordon, Chase Elliott, uh, the, the, the team, uh, myself, we just tried to uh, – put the drivers in the best position we can to, uh, so they succeed and, and feed them as much information as we can and, and try to educate them as much as possible and, and uh, try to put them in a position, put their best foot forward. And certainly uh, you got to give them their individual, um, you know, leeway or attributes or different things they have. And certain guys are good at certain things, but uh, I think you just try to support them as much as you can. And um, I think we've, we've taken that philosophy with Mark and with Jeff and, and with Chase and, um, and, you know, to be honest with you, Chase is, you know, he's not a normal 24 year old person. That's for sure. Um, he's, he's got the, uh, you know, physical attributes and 
skill sets of a 24-year-old, but he's got the uh, intelligence and experience of someone much older and wiser. So, you know, he acts like he's a 35-year-old in his prime. So um, he he's he he's very similar to uh, to uh, the, the great champions I've worked with before, and, and, and he's going to be, you know, every bit as good or better. Thank you. Thank you. Next, we'll go to Elise Spencer. Go ahead, Lee. Thank you, and congratulations, Alan. Um, sorry we couldn't be there to enjoy this with you. Um, just kind of curious, since you've been with him through his development in the Cup Series, where have you seen his biggest gains, and what has surprised you the most about him in this short period of time? Um, it's, it's that's a tough question because he's he. You know, when we I can remember we tested with him in Nashville way back in the day. I mean, it was years before he even drove our car, but. Uh, Jeff had to go somewhere and, and he came in and filled in. And then like, even then, you know, he was just getting ready to run Xfinity or was running Xfinity. You know, I knew it was like, man, this kid is fast. Like he's really good. Uh, and from one time he showed up, he was, he was ready to win, you know? And the thing that I look back at in, in the first couple of years, there's so many races I feel like we should have won and were in position to win. And, and uh, it's almost like we were keeping ourselves from, from winning or, um, you know, obsessing over it too much or and not just being natural and, and doing what we know we can do and, and execute and, and just have confidence and trust in ourselves. And, and, and that's what I see that's changed is I think that he now trusts in his ability and he is very decisive and he doesn't, uh, you know, second guess himself and he doesn't uh, race, uh, you know, not to lose, but he races to win. And, and uh, I think that the whole team's come along that journey with him and, and, uh, that's what I see the difference, you know, he, he's obviously improved, um, but he's not improved. I mean, he's not that much different of a driver really than he was when, you know, when he was a rookie, uh, he's certainly gotten better in laps help and knows the lines and knows, uh, you know, what he needs out of his car and the intangibles and on and off pit road and in and out of the pit box and all those different things. But I think just uh, the confidence in, in, in being extremely decisive in, in, going out to win instead of going out not to lose is the difference. At one point during the course of the race, you asked him what he needed, how his car was reacting, and he said, what do I know? I'll let you make the decision. You know, at what point do you see his maturation level where he's comfortable enough to give you the type of feedback that's necessary to just really get the cars dialed in? Yeah, I think that uh, it's there. Uh, and I think, you know, when you, when you listen to that, when you're at home, you're like, you know, he's, he's not giving feedback or he's not telling us what we need, but, it, and actually that's a very mature thing to say, because I think the point that he's trying to make is he's, he doesn't feel like what he needs to make him feel comfortable or the car easier to drive is ultimately going to be the fastest thing to do. And that's what he's referring to. And in this situation, he was right. Um, he, if we would have done what ultimately would have made him the most comfortable. We would have not been as fast. And so he was basically defaulting to me to say, Hey, just make it fast and I'll do the rest, but it kind of gets lost in translation, but that's ultimately what he was saying. Appreciate your time. Safe travels. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate everything. Next one is Zach Sterniolo. Go ahead, Zach. Alex, congratulations on this. Um, obviously this was 
a race at a 750 horsepower racetrack and four of the five wins that you had this year were on those kinds of tracks, obviously these last two weeks, um, particularly, was there any extra emphasis on this package this year? Um, obviously the road courses are that package and we we've seen what this team is capable of there, but did you guys put any extra stock into this package? Um, no, no, I can't say that we did. And to be honest with you, I didn't really always that statistic until you said it. So, um, I, I did think our 550 stuff and the intermediate stuff was pretty good. And, and, um, certainly we probably should have won a few more of those races. Um, and we didn't, um, <laughs> there he is. Um, but I think that, uh, yeah, I, I don't feel like there's any extra effort put put there. I mean, I think we enjoy racing uh, those style of tracks and in the 750 package and, uh, you know, being on the gas and braking and, you know, the short tracks in general. I consider this a short track. I know it's not probably technically called a short track, but that's what I consider it. So, you know, places that you've got to brake and the car's got to drive good and the tires fall off, those are, you know, that's just what we most enjoy. But I certainly think that our 750 stuff was pretty good. Um, there were some tracks that we weren't very good, but, uh, one of them's gone. So I'm happy about that. Um, and one of them lost race. So that's probably a little bit better for us too. So, um, yeah, uh, no, no extra effort as a long way of saying no, we just, uh, you know, we try to win every week. Um, I know that sounds corny, but it's the truth. This year was, um, obviously unique. What kind of leadership did you feel was asked of yourself this year particularly? And how did, how do you feel like you navigated it and um, what role did that play in getting to where you are right now? Um, the cool, you know, silver lining in this year. And, and one thing that I've thoroughly enjoyed is it's been really pared down and um, you know, I have to work on the cars and Tom Gray, my lead engineer works on the car and Matt Barton, my car chief, uh, you know, it's his first year as a car chief and we all had to work together and the whole team, everybody that goes to the track, um, from the truck drivers to all the team members, you know, everybody's got to pitch in and everybody's got to do uh, a lot. And it just reminds me of, of the way, um, you know, racing was when I was growing up as a kid and it just was, you know, a small group of people, you know, probably working more hours than they should and, and putting a lot of effort towards to, uh, you know, try to have a, have a common goal and win races and, the pit crew, everybody, you know, it's, it's a different, it's just a different, uh, you know, it, it was very pared down and, and, and all the specialty jobs evaporated when the pandemic hit and we went to this schedule. So, um, I have a simple philosophy I always have is you just lead by example, you know, it talks cheap. You got to go do it. You have to, uh, you know, set that standard and, and, and go do what, uh, you want, uh, your guys to do and, and, you know, don't tell me, show me. So, um, that's, that's all I've ever tried to do. And this wasn't any different, but it was really intimate with the guys. And, and I really enjoyed that. I think it, the whole team did, it brought us together closer and I think ultimately stronger and, it, and, and it's something I think we've learned from and, and, uh, we'll, we'll serve us well in the future. Just, just, uh, you know, being able to lean on each other. Thank you. Congrats again. Thank you. Okay, as you guys probably see, we got Jim Campbell waiting in the room. We'll take one more for Alan, and that'll go to Mark Garrow, and then we'll go to Jim. All right, thank you. Congratulations, Alan. Um, sort of following up on what you were just talking about here, you've done the equivalent of hitting two back-to-back walk-off homers uh, to, to win the championship, to get into the Final Four, then win the championship. Did you feel that this team had it in it 
that the whole time? And how do you feel about your team coming through in this way, uh, back to back with so much on the line? Yeah, I absolutely felt like we could do it. Um, you know, I feel like we uh, have, have performed really, really well, and 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 um, yeah, I just knew we had to to uh, operate it at our maximum capacity and do the best job we could. And um, did I know we could win two races back to back and win Martinsville and Phoenix? I mean, you certainly believe you can, and you feel like you can, and you know, you you, you can't say that you uh, will or can or did until you do it, I guess. But um, I, I didn't have any. I, I never lacked confidence in this group, or you know what we we had. And you know, there was a time in the summer that we weren't very good, and you just I just knew those were tracks that just we weren't. They're just tracks that we historically weren't very good at. But the good news was that they weren't in the playoffs. So um, we just kind of had to battle through those times and not lose our heads and not uh, get uh, you know hit the panic button and just stay uh, stay. Uh, true to ourselves and, and, and keep pushing forward. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, was, was pretty confident that we could do it. I, I, you know, I think that, uh, uh, the statistics show it. I mean, you got to kind of look a little deeper than wins, but I think if you look past that, you know, our, our stats are, are really right on top of anybody else's who's even those guys that won, you know, nine, seven races. And ultimately I think we should have been a little closer to that. And certainly Charlotte's on me. I, we should have won that race. So, uh, there's a few other that we probably should have won too. So ifs and buts, but we got the one that mattered. Okay, Alan, thanks for all the time. Congratulations on an outstanding year and championship. And uh, have a great rest of the night and thank enjoy the offseason. Appreciate it, buddy. All right, well, thank you so much for taking some time with us. We are now joined by our championship-winning team owner, Rick Hendrick. Um, Rick, we'll get right into questions for you from our media. Um, and let's kick things off with Bob Pockers. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, Rick, I wanted to ask, uh, obviously, Jimmy's last race is also Chase's first championship Uh do you feel that's symbolic and do you think uh, Chase can match him? Well, uh, you know, he's a young guy. I think he's going to win a lot of them, but, uh, you know, seven's a, a big number, but that's something to shoot at. Uh, you know, I, I, Chase has shown so much maturity and, and everything and just winning these races and, and now the championship at 24 years old. So, I think it's a lot left. I think he's got a lot left in his tank. Thank you. All right, we're going to take our next one from Dustin Albina. Go ahead, Dustin. Yeah, we're kind of right off that. Did you feel like this was kind of the turning of the guard from Jimmy, you know, obviously ending his career and Chase getting his first title? Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool the way they met each other on the track and, and at the end of the race, uh, Jimmy's, Jimmy's last first championship and to see those two guys embrace, that was really cool. Uh, I think it means a lot to our whole organization. Jimmy is pretty, really special to us, uh, like a part of our family and Chase is the new kid coming along. Uh, and not a kid, but, uh, he's a champion now, but, uh, you know, it, it was, it was a special moment to see those two guys embrace. So, and I think they tore the cars up on uh, running into each other out there a little bit, but uh, it was, it was, a, it was a special, special time and a special place. Thank you, Mr. H. All right. We'll take our next one from Jerry Jordan. Go ahead, Jerry. 
uh, Rick, Jerry Jordan, kicking the tires.net. Uh, we had kind of heard, I was hoping you could confirm this, that you hadn't seen Jimmy in a long time, like several months uh, through all of this season. Can you, can you yeah. talk about that? Yeah, well, we, I haven't gone to the races, uh, you know, just we talk on the phone, but not in person. And, uh, you know, I've kind of tried to, to stay away from uh, a lot of folks and, and with all this COVID-19 crisis going around. And, uh, but we talk on the phone. So, uh, you know, it, it's, I think, uh, but this was a, this was the first time that I had actually seen him in the flesh. So it was, it was, again, it was really special and I'm going to be with him again tonight. And uh, Linda and I are looking forward to spending time being Shani and, and his friends. And, uh, you know, it, it's, this year has been really difficult. Uh, you know, we didn't know if we we're going to run races or not. Uh, owners couldn't go. You couldn't go in the garage. If you go, you have to sit in a suite. And I applaud NASCAR for what they did. If they hadn't, we wouldn't have had a season. And we've run all the races. And it's been amazing to think that we got it all in and, uh, and crowned the champion. So, uh, you know, I think right now I'm uh, just a little bit uh, not in shock, but I'm in 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 kind of in thinking about the highs and lows of the day. You know, for Jimmy last race, thinking we won't see him at Daytona next year, uh, and then Chase's first championship, and uh, so you know it it happens to all of us, I guess, and. The good thing about Jimmy and I, we, we're we're buddies and we're going to do things. And I'm going to probably go watch him run an open wheel race. And uh, but he's he's excited about a lot of different racing. So we're going to be uh, in couple, both of our guys, Chase and Jimmy, will be in the 24 hour race. So I'm looking forward to that. So um, you know, it's uh, I think the probably middle of next week. Uh, Jimmy and I actually said we we're going to get together next week. Uh, but I'll reflect back on the day and what it really meant. And it was the last time to see him in the, in the 48 car and to see Chase uh, win his first championship. Thank, thank you, sir. All right. We'll take our next one from Dustin Long. Go ahead, Dustin. Thank you, Rick. Um, obviously, much has been made about how you signed uh, Chase Elliott a decade ago as a 14-year-old. And um, I guess going back to those days, uh, in one sense, what in the world are you thinking signing a 14-year-old kid? Um, can you kind of explain that, that, that process? Obviously, the lineage is, is quite clear. Um, but what was it about that? And did anybody try to talk you out of like cooling your jets or were you afraid that if you didn't sign him, you're going to lose him to another manufacturer? I won't name any names, uh, at our company, but I think a lot of people thought I was nuts, but, uh, no, it, it you know, you see a kid like that and, uh, you know, actually the James Finch told me, have you seen Chase Elliott drive? And I said, no. He said, man, he's whipping all these guys on uh, dirt. And, and uh, so I started getting some videos and then I called Bill and they came down and we, uh, we talked and 
I just just watched him in in those late models, and then uh, actually I saw one of the races he was racing uh, Kyle Busch, uh, and you know just the way Bill Cindy had raised him and what a polished young guy he was, and and had a lot of talent. I thought, man, he's just he's just fourteen years Congrats, old. Everyone. So Good we job. can uh, sure want to take a chance if we can to, uh, you know, you, you, you've got to find a guy like that early. And, I, again, I think it was a combination of skill, pedigree, uh, and just a sharp young man. And also just to check, you referenced uh, Chase and Jimmy both will be in the 24 hours Rolex at, at Daytona and, and a little bit more information. Are you going to be involved in that in any way or is that with a different team? Maybe I jumped the gun on that. I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> I heard a rumor, okay, so I, don't, I can't confirm that. Thank you very much. Congrats. Okay. All right, we're going to take our next one from Stephen Conn. Go ahead, Stephen. Um, Rick, with uh, we hear a lot from drivers saying that they never, they're never sure when their next uh, win is going to come. Do, do you have that f- same feeling? It's been four years since your last championship where you starting to wonder uh, when's that next one coming as far as titles. Yeah. It's so hard to win a race out here. And you look at the, the talent that's out here today and, and in the sport. And if you have uh, like in this race today, a flat tire, a, a slow pit stop, anything can cost you a championship. So you don't have any buffer. It's just hard to win these things, hard to win races. But, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, it has been a dry spell uh, and it's uh, got a little old going to the, the finale and not having a car in it. So we're very, you know, very proud of our guys for getting there and Chase for winning Barnesville and then coming back today and winning, winning it the whole deal. And uh, what's, what's really special is that he had to go to the back, which I was scared that he would get swept up in something, but to go to the rear and then come back and have to run those three guys that he did uh, all day long and couldn't make a mistake. Guys in the pits couldn't make a mistake. Uh, so it was, uh, this sport's hard. You, you look at Kevin Harvick and the kind of year he's had. And, uh, you know, everybody thought you're going to have to beat him and he didn't make the final four. So it's a pretty competitive deal, but glad to get this one. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. All right. We'll take one from Mark Garrow next. Thank you. Congratulations, uh, Rick, on another championship. Um, What's it feel like? I know this probably doesn't help your blood pressure, to have your teams hit two walk-off home runs at the end of the year, you know, when it's all on the line to make it in and then to win the championship. So what's it like to have a team on the razor's edge come through? Oh, uh, well, it, it's a, it's a nail biter and nerves. Uh, Martins will, if the TJ, our Jack guy didn't go back and touch the wall, we wouldn't have been able to, to have a shot of winning the race of Martins. And, uh, you know, then, to, you know, to, to, yeah, I like the walk-off deal. That's pretty cool. And then you come here in the, uh, in the finale and you got to go to the rear and you come, you, you, you work your way back through the field and 
you end up leading the race and pulling away at the end. So uh, it was a great day. And, you know, uh, I think, again, I go back to Kevin Harvick, uh, three or four races uh, prior to the end of the year. You know, they were probably thinking, hey, we'll be in Phoenix, one of my best tracks, and I got another, get another championship. But, man, you can't, you can't bank on anything in this sport anymore because you can be as good as anybody out there better. And the, and the cards don't fall you away in the race. It's you're out. Does it ever get old winning races and winning championships? <laughs> no, <laughs> I wouldn't be doing this at my age. If that guy was old, I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, it's uh, I just really love to see young guys in our company have an opportunity to go out and do something really special. And I'm, I'm, I love seeing Chad Knauss now become competition director. And then, uh, you know, Jeff Andrews, who's worked so hard for us for so many years, and he's uh, general manager now. And uh, so Marshall Carlson and all the guys at Motorsports do a, do a heck of a job. But when you see these young guys and that are young engineers become crew chiefs uh, and then become uh, champions, and you see young drivers – uh, win races like William or Alex, and you think about their age and how much they have ahead of them. You know, it's uh, it makes me feel pretty old because I can remember when I met Jeff Gordon at 21 or two, whatever it was, 20. And uh, now, you know, just it's time moves on, but it never gets old. If you if it, if you don't have that uh, winning, uh, wanting to win, uh, you know keep the momentum going in your, in your company. And I owe it all to a lot of good folks that, that work hard every day and uh, just watching them be successful uh, is that's a tremendous satisfaction for me. All right. We're going to take our next question from Jim. Hunter. Go ahead, Jim. Congrats, Rick. Uh, I'll ask a similar question that I asked to uh, Alan uh, you obviously known you've had a talented driver in Chase, but uh, it, was there anything that you've noticed over the last two weeks, uh, last week and today specifically, that you think uh, that you've seen him do that may carry forward both him and the team uh, to future success? Yeah, I think they don't get rattled and uh, Chase, his age, to be as calm as he is. And if you heard him on the radio when the race started, he had to go to the rear. He said, okay, guys, let's have some fun. And, and Alan was just as calm as a cucumber. And uh, they had a lot of confidence coming into this race today, a tremendous amount. And, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta believe in yourself. And man, they did. And, and they, they did it. They pulled it off and they were, they were confident in, in, uh, in Martinsville. And we had a couple of situations that could have put us out of the deal. And, uh, but I think that's the maturity of the team and Alan and his crew that, uh, you know, they're just, they're, they're soldiers. They work well together and uh, Chase believes in them. They believe in Chase. So uh, I, I can't believe they were as calm as they were today, especially having a start in the rear. And uh, this might seem like a silly question since you won the championship, but when you look back on this season uh, with everything that took place, 
and you guys made a lot of changes in the off season, hoping to get better. Do you feel, how do you feel as an organization that you weathered the storm this year? Well, we should, if, if you go back, if you go look at the year started uh, and we were really running well, uh, Chase and Alex both had a, Chase had a valve stem issue, a flat tire, one of the stages, I think it was in Vegas. They ran good in several places, uh, leading on the the last lap or two at Darlington. And so the, the cars have been, had speed. And in this, the middle part of the year, we kind of slowed down a little bit. And and uh, then then toward the end, we picked up the momentum again. But it's been a crazy year. We didn't, you know, trying to tell your sponsors, hey, we're going to race and they can't come to the track. And thankfully, all of our sponsors hung in there and supported us. And, uh, you know, you didn't know if you were going to run all the races. And NASCAR did a heck of a job dealing with all these states and governors and rules changing daily and telling them they could and they couldn't and all that. And then to come through it, and Jimmy was the only driver that tested positive, I guess, that, uh, you know, knocked him out early. But, uh, you know, if you think about it, uh, it's been uh, an awesome year, good racing. And uh, I think our sport has probably done better or as well as a better than any of the other sports. So uh, we got them all in. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get a vaccine and have fans back. It's good to see the fans that were here and uh, see excited how excited they are. And uh, so I think our sport's really healthy, uh, very competitive. I mean, it's just super competitive. And uh, I think we've got a bright future ahead of us and a lot of young talent. Thanks, Rick. Have a good off season. Thank you. All right, we'll take our next one from Cole Kusumana. Hey, congrats, Mr. H. Thank uh, you. Me departing and Chad moving off the pit box. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, repeat that. He broke up. Yeah, okay. With Jimmy departing and Chad moving off the pit box, how important was this win for Hendrick Motorsports as a whole moving forward? And is there a new sense of leadership in Chase and Allen to kind of be- begin to fill those voids left by Jeff and Jimmy? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Allen's one of our senior guys, uh, probably the most senior crew chief. Uh, Chad's done an excellent job, but now he can help all the teams being the competition director. Uh, Alan still wants to be wants to be crew chief, and uh, he's got a real horse in Chase. But uh, you know, they had we split those guys up, uh, Jimmy and and Chad. But to go to the racetrack in uh, Daytona next year, and not seeing Chad on the box and Jimmy in a car is a big adjustment. But um, I went through it with Jeff Gordon. I went through it with Dale through with Terry Labonte and a lot of other drivers along the way. And, you know, you have to adapt and change. And and I, I think the good news is that uh, Chad's moving up to help the whole organization. And so he's not leaving. He'll be there. And, uh, and Jimmy wants to do some things and a bucket list that he wants to go after. And so we're real happy for him and his family. Uh, but, you know, I feel good about our company. We got young, young crew chiefs, uh, young drivers, 
and they're super competitive, and uh, I think we'll be good for years to come. Thank you, sir. Congratulations. Thank you. All right, let's take our next one from Michael Shelton. Go ahead, Michael. Yes, Michael Shelton, the Checkered Flag Podcast. Congratulations, Mr. H. Uh, 13th title for you. I know, I'm pretty sure, I'm sure that each one is special to you in their own way, but this is the first title you've won with a driver whose father was also a NASCAR Cup champion. So just what does this title mean to you to see Chase Elliott win the same title that his legendary father did? You know, I think what's, uh, what's so exciting today is see how excited Bill was and Cindy. You don't see Bill get excited very much. And man, he was he was pumped. Uh, you know, I, I I thought that was super special. And I think there's only been three father son champions, and uh, so I, I it's it's special to to be able to be a part of that. And uh, you know, it, it's I, again, Bill and Cindy did a great job with Chase, and uh, he's a racer, smart. He's a lot. He's just so much like his dad. He understands the chassis, understands the car, super, you know, laid back. Not, not, not when I say laid back, not driving the car, but uh, you know, they let their they let their uh, actions on the track do the talking for them. And uh, which I'm impressed with the way Chase is. He doesn't let it get to his his head. He's uh, same kid that always uh, he's way more. Sure, but but he still thinks likes loves the people, thanks the team. Uh, just just a great young man. He's going to be a great uh, ambassador for our sport, being the champion this year. All right, we'll take our next one from Jeff Magliochetti. Go ahead, Jeff. Hi, Mr. H. Congratulations on another Cup Series title. Today was a bit of an end of an era for another driver in that Alex Bowman will be moving from the 88 to the 48 next season. And also that you will have two other young drivers on your side and Kyle Larson and William Byron. So what can you say about the job Alex has done and what's the biggest lesson you're going to take from this unusual season into navigating the future? Well, uh, you know, you, I think what you have to do what everybody in the sports had to do is call an audible. You had to change on the fly. You had to run races in the middle of the week. Uh, but I do like our lineup for next year. Uh, I like, I like the, uh, all of the drivers and crew chiefs. And uh, I think Alex has done a super job. Uh, I'm super happy too that, that uh, you know, Ally likes Alex and wanted him to, to take the, take over the range of the 48. So, uh, you know, pretty excited about that. And Alex has really shown a lot of talent. And uh, so I'm, I'm excited about watching him. And William, you know, he won his race this year. He was running really good today. I think he finished six. I think it was six, I believe. And, uh, you know, putting he and Rudy together again, I think that's going to be exciting. And Larson, we know what he can do. So uh, he and Cliff will be a good combination. So uh, I'm, I'm excited about that next year. Thank you, sir. Good luck. Thank you. All right. Well, Mr. H, thank you so much for taking some time with us. We're going to, we will let you go. Thank you for taking time with us. Congratulations and have a great off season. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. 
All right, and to all of our media, we are now joined by Jim Campbell, um, U.S. Vice President of Performance and Motorsports for Chevrolet. Uh, Jim, congratulations. Thank you for taking some time with us. Um, we'll get right into questions here for Jim. Um, as a reminder, if you have a question, click the participants tab and raise your hand. Um, but Jim, to lead us off, I know we talked, um, I think just two days ago about, you know, just Chevrolet being back in, in this and to win a championship. How are you feeling right now? It was a special day today. Uh, we are really excited. Uh, as I said in, in the, uh, the OEM Zoom call, uh, three, two, one, we had three drivers in the truck uh, series that had a chance uh, for the championship, two in Xfinity and one in the cup. And when it's all said and done, uh, Sheldon Creed delivered a truck championship as a driver. Uh, Chevy won the manufacturer's championship there in Xfinity. While we didn't win the drivers, we did win the manufacturer's championship. And then Chase Elliott, uh, Alan Gustafson, the entire uh, Hendrick organization delivered big time for a, a second uh, a championship on the driver's side this weekend. Uh, the 32nd time a Chevy driver has won the cup championship. Chase and Alan, their team, the Hendrick organization, did an incredible job. I mean, drove through the field uh, and then executed, you know, in every stage of the entire race. Uh, the 22 was strong. Uh, the uh, the two was uh, the two was strong. The 11 was coming on at different points, and and Chase and Allen just did an incredible job of executing the entire race. Um, it was a clutch performance, two in a row with Martinsville, and now Phoenix. Uh, it was fantastic. It was great to see the fans in the stands. And uh, I'll tell you, when Chase got to the lead, um, it was fun to see the reaction from the stands. There were a lot of Chase Elliott fans out there today. Awesome. We're going to take some questions from the media. Jim Utter, you can kick us off. Congratulations, Jim. Um, this has probably been, obviously, it's been discussed a trying season for a lot of people with COVID, especially the manufacturers. But I don't know what you thought the prospects were as the playoffs drew to a close. But having been locked out of the uh, championship for since 2016, can you kind of describe your guys' uh, perspective and emotions of the last two weeks locking in with the one of your up and coming drivers like Chase and then him duplicating the feet this weekend and giving you the championship. Yeah. Yeah. It was, a, it was, it was absolutely incredible. This playoff format, it, um, you know, it, it creates excitement. It creates an immense amount of uh, pressure all the way around. Uh, the teams feel it. We feel it as manufacturers to, to uh, deliver in those stages. Uh, the last couple of years, we, we didn't, didn't make it the uh, last few years. We did not make it to the final round. Uh, very disappointing, uh, you know, and so we just, uh, but you, you know, the whole, the whole phrase, never give up. You can never give up. So the teams have been working hard, um, more work going on than probably people see. And, uh, it all came together and, you know, Chase and, and Alan delivered a, a big win in Martinsville. And then they executed today to put it all together. And that's what it takes. Um, and, um, you know, if, uh, you know, you think about the beginning of the season, whether we really have a season and to, to see that all the races, you know, um, Got scheduled, got run by the series, and uh, to see Chase take it all the way to a championship is incredible. You know, one thing I I, uh, I just had a couple other items here. Uh, one, um, I remember when I was uh, working at Chevrolet in a different role, um, and uh, I got a call from Rick Hendrick. This is ten years ago. Uh, I was on a Saturday. I was preparing for uh, some meetings with our dealers, and uh, Rick said, "I just signed Chase Elliott." And of course, I knew his father. Uh, I, I knew of of him and heard about him. Uh, at that time, he was 14 years old. And think about how far Chase has come. Uh, all the races he's won, 
an Xfinity Series championship, and now he's a cup champion. It's just an incredible run. And I'll never forget that day that Rick called and said he signed young Chase Elliott, and I'm so glad he did. Thank you very much. All right, we'll take our next question from Bob Pockers. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, Jim, I believe it's the first time in 32 years that uh, that the most popular drivers won the title. Does that mean anything when you look at just uh, the importance to the sport? Uh, absolutely. You know, Bob, what I, what I mentioned earlier, when Chase got to the lead today here in Phoenix, uh, I was um, – I was sitting, you know, on the outside of the track because of, you know, all the, all the uh, protocol, you can't go into the, in, inside the, the competition bubble and to see the reaction of so many fans in the stands when Chase got to the lead, was incredible. And it's indicative of uh, his popularity, not only the fans that were here in Phoenix, but all over the country, all over the world. And so I think it's a huge lift uh, for, for the sport. Uh, it's, it's, it's awesome for Chevrolet and, uh, and, and he is such a talented driver. Uh, so I, Bob, I think it's, I think it's absolutely fantastic all the way around. I saw it with my, my own eyes today, as I have in many races when he takes the lead. Popular driver won it all. It was awesome. All right. We'll take our next one from Jenna Fryer. Hey, Jenna. Hey, Jim. Congratulations. Um, do you see any sort of, um, transition or passing of changing of the guard in Chase winning his first championship in Jimmy's final race? Yeah, Jenna, that's a good question. And, you know, today was a, was a, was a special day for a lot of reasons. And um, those of us who know Jimmy a long time and, you know, it was incredible to think this is his last cup race as a full-time driver in the series. And for Chevrolet, um, as you may know, Jimmy, uh, anytime he raced on four wheels, he raced with Chevrolet starting in off-road truck series and working all the way through various series uh, all the way up to cup. And so, um, it was a pretty emotional day to, to think this was Jimmy's last day and we were all, uh, celebrating his final, final race. And, uh, but also, uh, to know the prospect of chase potentially having a chance to win today. And then he delivered was incredible. And, um, I was actually walking from the outside of the track, uh, to the inside of the track, uh, after chase one. And I understand that uh, I haven't seen it, but I understand that Jimmy, uh, got up uh, close to chase there and gave him a tap. Uh, car to car, and it's pretty symbolic. Uh, the passing of torch happened. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, seven-time champion, 83 wins, uh, 20, 20 years uh, plus, and, and, and racing with Chevy for many, many more. It's incredible. Uh, today was the passing of the torch, without a doubt. Thanks, Jim. Congratulations. Thanks. All right, we'll head to Dustin Long. Go ahead, Dustin. Thank you. Um, Jim, with the two of your championships this weekend, both drivers under 24, certainly we saw youth uh, play a key role this weekend. Uh, I'm curious, does this look make you look at, are there things that you would look at doing more of in, in, in reaching younger drivers, developing younger drivers? Certainly, I know there's some already in the, in the, with Chevy team pipeline. Is, is, does, does a weekend like this start to lead to a change or is a weekend like this a result of some changes that you've made already? Yeah, well, it's a good question. And, I, and, and Dustin, just to, first of all, Sheldon Creed is part of our driver's edge program, which is our driver development program. Sam Mayer is also part of that program. Uh, you know, very successful in the ARCA series and super talented. And it's got, you know, he's another driver up and coming. Um, you know, we, we have a number of drivers that have had a lot of success that are in our development program called driver's edge. Uh, and we, we kind of scale our, our driver development program to, you know, kind of the number of seats that are available down the road. 
And so um, I'm very, uh, very excited about what I saw with the drivers that are in that program. And there'll be some other ones coming along as well. Uh, in addition, uh, Dustin, if you think about it, the transition from, you know, kind of veteran championship drivers has been happening at Chevy for a number of years. And I've talked about it before in some of the, you know, the start of the year press conferences and the OEM press conferences. But you think about Tony Stewart ran his whole career with our company, uh, retired. And then, you know, Jeff Gordon retired and Dale Earnhardt Jr. And now Jimmy Johnson's going to, you know, leave NASCAR and go on to other things. Um, and along the way, we have picked up so many amazing young drivers. And every year they get more experienced, more mature, uh, uh, you know, more, more reps at these uh, tracks and uh, really coming together as not only as drivers, but then as teams. Uh, so I am really optimistic. I'm, I'm very optimistic about what's going on in the Chevy camp for those reasons. We couldn't have been prouder to have had those veteran drivers. By the way, Kevin Harvick's another one who has obviously, you know, got his championship in 2014 with Chevy at Homestead. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously he went on and, and went over to the Ford camp uh, when, when they made the switch. But uh, there's another example of uh, kind of, you know, drivers that have kind of moved on from Chevy. And so what's coming in, young, talented drivers. And I couldn't be more excited. Thank you, Jim. All right, we'll take our next one from Mark Garrow, PRN. Uh, thank you. Congratulations, Jim. Uh, and you've sort of answered this, and, and I, I was just wondering, you know, it hasn't been the best season on the cup side statistically for Chevrolet, but do the last two weeks and the way it ended kind of take some of that sting away and also provide a springboard to a more successful 2021 season? Yeah. Yeah, Mark. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. You make you make a good point there. Uh, we had nine wins uh, this year, uh, but uh, we got momentum at the right time. And um, I don't think it's by mistake, actually. I think I do believe that uh, the work we did with our key partner teams, which obviously would be Hendrick Motorsports, Richard Childress Racing and Chip Ganassi Racing. Um, you know, we gathered together and um, you know, uh, put a lot of work into this Camaro Z11 LE that, that happened, you know, in the past, you know, um, past years. And we brought that to, to the track here at the beginning of the year. And so we're dialing that car in. And I think it's, I think we're getting, you know, more momentum with that. In addition, um, you know, uh, Rick Hendrick and um, uh, Richard Childress, you know, I'm so proud of them, created this engine alliance. Uh, and that's, you know, a very, very positive thing. And then, you know, along the way, um, you know, between all of these efforts, you know, our teams are working better together when we're working on projects to prepare to go to the racetrack. And uh, that's just a, it's a, it's a must. We do it in, in all the series. We've done it um, with some degrees of success here in NASCAR, but, but I really do believe that um, we have tremendous momentum on that front and we're only going to get stronger in that area. So um, yeah, nine wins when you look at our historic performance doesn't really measure up, but we got the wins at the right time all the way through the, the stages of the playoff and, uh, and, and Chase Elliott delivered an amazing uh, championship win today. Thank you, Jim. Again, congratulations. Thanks, Mark. Take our next one from Sterling Price. Go ahead, Sterling. Thank you. Uh, Jim, concerning Jimmy Johnson, this was his last race after, um, if, I'm, if I'm counting this correctly, his 19th full-time season in competition, a seven-time Cup Series champion. Uh, how much has his ambassadorship in the sport and his uh, competitiveness meant for uh, Chevrolet as a whole? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I touched on it early. Uh, I mean, you, you certainly have highlighted, uh, you know, the accomplishments he's had in the in the in the NASCAR, uh, particularly in the Cup Series. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier, Jimmy Johnson, as a young guy, joined uh, the Chevrolet team um, and raced in, you know, almost every form of off-road truck racing. Uh, and then he graduated into ASA and then went into uh, the time called the Bush Series, obviously Xfinity Series now. Uh, he's, he's run with us uh, in the IMSA Series of the, in the 24 Hours of Daytona. And then obviously his, his accomplishments in NASCAR have been absolutely incredible. And Jimmy's an incredible representative on the track and off the track. And, and, and he's just a first-class guy. And so he represents our brand so very well. And he's helped us uh, do product introductions. Uh, he's, uh, you know, um, uh, you know we, we, fe we featured Jimmy. As one example, we featured Jimmy in a commercial that described the first time he brought his daughter home in his uh, Chevrolet Tahoe. And it was a real moment, and he recounted it. And um, he's just represented our brand so well. He's done so many meetings with our employees, gone to our plants, done dealer meetings. Um, and he's just, uh, just an incredible guy, first class all the way. And also he does so many great things off the track uh, for others. So we're going to miss him here, but um, uh, I'm optimistic that uh, Jimmy Johnson's going to, you know, obviously going to IndyCar, uh, but uh, I expect he's going to be, you know, dabbling in another race series as well. I hope to see him again. Thank you, Jim. All right. We'll take our next one from Ashley McCubbin. Go ahead, Ashley. And speaking about uh, Jimmy Johnson, what's one story that maybe you can share about the time you guys all spent together in which Chevrolet that stands out in your mind looking back? Um, you know, I, I would say, um, you know, we, we've had, uh, we've had Jimmy where he's, uh, you know, he has, uh, he has come to, uh, you know, a lot of our big dealer meetings and all that. But I just, I would say um, 2016 when he won that championship, um, that was a, that was a, that was a challenging, difficult race. Uh, he got an opportunity, he seized on it and he put the seventh championship on the board. And I, I remember that moment and, uh, the celebration that took place after, uh, and that was a very special moment. And, um, I remember the, 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 the team just, uh, you know, celebrating in a big way. I remember him jumping into his crew's arms and, um, seven championships. It's just, it's, it's just an incredible accomplishment. So that one was probably one of my favorites, but there's a lot of things that he's done with us, uh, you know, away from the racetrack that have been very special as well with our employees and our dealers. And then looking towards the uh, future, you've been with Chase Elliott since the beginning of his NASCAR career with Hendrick Motorsports. What has it been like riding that roller coaster with him? Well, it's been, uh, been more like a rocket ship uh, and super talented. And I remember, you know, um, he made his mark in the, in the uh, Xfinity series and won that championship. It was a big moment. Uh, he had a great season and brought that championship home. Uh, and then uh, to, to watch, you know, so many times where he's, he was, he was top two came in second or third, and then he finally got his first win. And then to see his popularity grow and grow and grow that we were talking about that earlier. And then for him to have uh, five wins this year, the wins at the right time and then bring him a championship he is so happy uh, and to see the embrace he's had with his crew, with Alan, they've got a, just an incredible chemistry. I watched him uh, in the kind of the championship area. He got a chance to see his parents for the first time since he, he got out of the car and, and he was a champion, just like his father. That was such a special moment. He is, he is an exceptional uh, young man. He's a young guy and he is talented behind the wheel. And he's also been a great representative for us 
not only on the track, but off the track and, and think about all the years ahead. That puts a smile on my face. Perfect. Thank you. Congratulations once again on the success. Thank you. All right. We'll take one more here for Jim from Rob with NASCAR pole position. Go ahead, Rob. Jim, congratulations on the championship with Chase Elliott and Hendrick Motorsports. Um, you know, as a longtime observer of the sport, I often found that fans felt like if they saw the car on the track on Sunday, they would bite on, on Monday. Um, you know, obviously the culture has kind of changed a little bit over the years, but the next gen car coming out, um, I know it's a little bit too early to tell, but how much do you think some of that old feeling will come back when we get to the next gen car? Yeah, um, it's a good question. Um, and, I, and, I, and I would just say, when you win big races and championships like today, it does lift our brand opinion, the opinion, the way people think about our brand, it lifts it for sure. And we know good things happen. People put you on their shopping list more quickly. And the, and the question is, is, does it happen on Monday after the race or does it happen on a Monday in one or two or three or four months uh, or even a year? And the answer is it, it, we do see a correlation between success on the track and the ability for us to uh, translate that to lifting the brand and then also driving our business. Um, and as it relates to the next gen, I mean, obviously we got a lot of time to talk about that. Today's really about the championship, but um, I'm very excited about the next gen car and, and what NASCAR has done to update uh, the technology, the automotive technology, chassis components underneath the car to be more connected to what we actually uh, design into and sell in, in cars and trucks today. Uh, that I'm excited about. And also the proportions of the car take us even another step closer to what we offer in the showroom. And that's a winning combination. So a lot of time to talk about the next gen. We're super proud to have been here today. This Phoenix uh, track has been incredible. Um, they, the, the facility is incredible. And it was a great race today from my perspective with Chase winning it. And by the way, Rob, thanks for turning your camera on. I see Mark too. It was great to see you guys when you're asking your questions with your camera on. Thank you. Got it. Congratulations. Thanks. All right, Jim. Well, thank you so much for taking some time with us. Um, congratulations and, um, you know, good luck in the future and have a great thank off season. Thanks everybody. Have a great off thank season. You. Yeah, certainly disappointed, but, um, you know, we, uh, gotta, gotta make sure you, you put your expectations kind of in, in check in the sense of, you know, uh, you know, we didn't, our organization just hasn't really been very good on the short tracks, uh, this year. Um, you know, it was, it's kind of a learning period for us, but, uh, you know, we put our best effort forward. We had no mistakes today. Um, did everything I possibly could just, I had nothing, nothing there to go. And, um, I think with our best teammate running 10th and the other guys having two teammates ahead of our best one, it just, uh, you know, we just, our car didn't have enough speed to, to go up there and compete. All right. Well, we are now also joined by Brad Keselowski, who is uh, utilizing our chat, I believe, and um, Joey Logano as well. So we, as a reminder, if you have a question for any of these guys, make sure that you um, just initiate their conversation first. And we will go to uh, Bob Pockers next. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, this is for Brad. Uh, do you get any explanation on why the pit stops were slow? And do you think uh, that pretty much cost you? Um, no, I haven't had a chance to look at that. Um, you know, obviously, uh, end of stage two is right where I wanted to be in the lead. And, uh, you know, we, we lost the spot, so it's not fun, but it's a team effort. And uh, just uh, it was tough to fight back through. We got up the second there at the end, and I feel like, you know, we were pretty equal, the nine car, and I would have loved to had a chance to race it out, but uh, it's not the way it played out. 
Thank you. Okay, we'll take our next one from Jeff Magliochetti. Go ahead, Jeff. Hey guys, uh, congratulations on a strong season. This is for anybody who wishes to answer this one. So we've just completed one of the most unusual seasons, if not the most unusual in NASCAR history. After a year like this, how excited are you guys for the future? Well, if you can get through a year like this in your NASCAR, it certainly it uh, bodes well. Uh, the only thing left was an asteroid strike, but uh, uh, just uh, I thought it was really amazing what the, the sport was able to achieve, that we're able to get all the races in and, uh, you know, to be here today and uh, have a great race uh, for a championship. I think that's really impressive. And, and NASCAR maybe doesn't get enough credit for being able to pull all that off considering the landscape uh, you know, I think there's uh, no shortage of us, including myself, that we are, are quick to, to criticize. But I think we should also be quick to applaud for uh, everything that's happened this year and them to be able to pull all this off, run all the races and, and do it at a high level. Thank you. Take our next question from Jordan Bianchi. Go ahead, Jordan. Brad, with the, with the speed in your car today and everything, does it, does it feel like this one maybe got away? Yeah, I mean, I, yes and no. I mean, I feel like I did all I could do. Um, and, uh, you know, with that in, uh, in mind, it's not, you try to shake it off and, and move on. I mean, I can't, can't change anything about what happened. And, um, and, uh, I hate it for my guys that that's the way it played out, but, uh, so it goes. All right. We'll take our next question from Daniel McFadden. Go ahead, Daniel. Yes. Uh, Denny, uh, at what, at what point over the course of the race did you begin to, maybe you realize your car wasn't going to have what you needed to be able to challenge for the, the top spot. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, up until the last stage, I, the leader was always uh, 12 links in front of me, but there was always a car or two between. Um, I don't know. I mean, we just, uh, you know, I, I thought early on in the race, we were pretty good. I think we caught the 22 late in the run, but then, you know, I saw the nine coming through the field, and then I saw even on the long run, he, he, he was reeling us all in. So we just, you know, we didn't have enough car potential for us. You know, where our, our balance was not bad, uh, maybe a little bit off, but just not enough in reserve. Um, you know, I think the other uh, Penske and Hendrick both had two teammates inside the top 10 before we even got to our next best uh, Toyota teammate. So it just, our organization's got to get a little bit better on, on these types of tracks and especially, you know, it being uh, that's going to be the deciding factor in the championship. It's, uh, you know, we just overall got to get a little bit better. And so uh, for me, I knew probably around lap 200 that, you know, we needed some uh, special circumstances to kind of go our way. All right. Do we have any questions in here for uh, Joey Logano? Let's get him a question. Uh, let me know. I do. Go ahead, Tucker. Uh, this is technically for all three of you. Uh, I'll start with Joey that she brought it up. Uh, what effect did the uh, PJ1 have on this race today? Because I saw, noticed it kind of made it – times was hard to even pass, especially for the uh, lead there. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was – I mean, similar to what it was here in the spring. Um, you know, the width of it was a little bit different, but, um, you know, not, not much different than, than what we had. I thought – the racing was actually pretty good because of it. I'm not, I'm pretty certain, almost hundred percent certain that it would not be as good without the PJ one. We, we've raced this racetrack for years without it. And it wasn't the best of races. So uh, I feel like it's helped the passing sound, at least helps the car behind him 
uh, behind you be able to stay close to you uh, enough to maybe, you know, free the car up in front of you. We saw a lot of passes made that way where cars were packing air on each other to free them up. And, and a lot of passes were made like that. So PJ one helps that it still makes it very challenging to pass. It's not an easy track to pass. Um, it's not easy to pass anyone in the cup series, the best drivers in, the, in, in stock cars right here. So um, everybody knows what, what they're doing uh, is going to make passing a lot harder than other series. Anything else from um, Lydia and Brather? No. All right. All right. We'll go to our next one. Um, Jose Romero, go ahead. Hey, this question is for Joey. Uh, Joey, you led for the first 119 laps. Um, how well did that bode for you, did you think? And did you, you know, you figured something was going to happen after that, but uh, to get off to that kind of start, were you feeling pretty good? Yeah, we had a great start. We had a good track position. Our pit crew was uh, on it just like they've been, you know, this, this whole playoffs. Uh, they're, I've said it before, they're a pressure team. They love the pressure uh, and they truly rise to the occasion. And, and they did that the whole race. Um, they did it even the last stop on their green, was able to get ourselves out in front of the nine by a, a pretty good distance. And uh, like I said, the nine just kind of fired off uh, a, a lot faster and um, kept going. And then we get another tire vibration there towards the end. Uh, last 25 laps, 30 laps of the run. So, um, yeah, uh, I thought we were in good spot. You know, we were right with the nine right before the green flag cycle um, and was able to come out in front of him. And then, like I said, he just had a lot of speed that last run. I really found something. All right, we'll take our next one from Michael Knight. Uh Michael, you might be on mute. Okay, we can circle back. Um, Mark Garrow, go ahead. Uh, thank you. This is for Joey and, and Brad. Guys, to be so close, I mean, performance-wise, you guys were there. How, how disappointing is it to have a car potential to win and then not to have it just kind of slip away there at the end for both of you? I'd love to hear what you both have to say about that, please. Well, obviously, you know, when you don't win, it hurts. Uh, you know, it's, it definitely stings. Um, you know, I, I told the guys before the race started, though, I said in these situations, when you get to the championship four, you can't lose. Uh, you either win or you become stronger. Uh, unfortunately, we got stronger today. <laughs> and we learned a lot about ourselves and then learned that we are capable, right? We're capable of, of executing when, when we needed to. We just needed to go faster. Uh, that was that was the one thing. So, um, but I think overall, there's a lot to be proud of um, throughout the season, um, where we've come from, how much we've grown as as a team, uh, especially with the crew chief swap. Uh, you know, throughout the in the beginning of the season this year, and without practice, that was a pretty big hurdle to try to jump. Um, and I feel like we've done a good job through the playoffs, uh, really you know, coming into our own. That makes me really excited about 2021 because we're starting way further ahead than where we did this year. Uh, you know, with the schedule being somewhat similar with, with limited practice uh, sessions, uh, you know, I feel a lot better going to next year than we, than we did this year. So, um, yeah, a lot to uh, be proud of. You need to look at the silver linings. You need to look at your mistakes and where you could be better. Um, it still doesn't take the pain away, but uh, that's how you get by at least. All right, we've got time for a couple what more. We'll question? go Michael Knight and then Jerry Jordan. Yes, yeah, could, Brad, could Brad answer that? Too? Oh, Brad, so sorry, Mark. Go ahead. That's okay. Brad, just a question. Of, I mean, you know, sometimes you get in these situations and you don't have a chance. You guys had a chance. And, and, and what, what's the disappointment level knowing that you had a chance and it got away as opposed to getting blown out? 
Oh, shoot. I thought all the tough questions were only for Joey. Um, no, I, hey, I, I feel like I did all I could do today. I mean, certainly I'm disappointed, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm also proud. At the same time, my team brought a great car, and we ran a hell of a race. Um, you know, one stage two and made a convincing case that, you know, probably could have won the race today, but it just didn't come together, you know, with the track position. So, um, you know, I, I can be disappointed at that or, I, you know, I think I'm probably more focused on the positives. We're really fast. Uh, I felt like I ran a great race and uh, I'm proud of that. All right. Now we'll go uh, Michael Knight and then Jerry Jordan. Go ahead, Michael. Uh, yes, for Brad. I asked you earlier in the week uh, what you thought the effect of you having the uh, res uh, choose line rule here for the first time would be. Uh, how did that play out based on your anticipation? And also, it didn't seem like we saw as much aggressive dive bombing down onto the apron as maybe we've seen in the past. Yeah. Could you tell me why? And lastly, for all three or whoever might comment, when you heard that uh, Chase was going to have to start at the back uh, today, uh, what went through your mind? Well, first off, on the, the choose rule, I mean, I think it would have been a bigger deal if we got a late race yellow. Um, you know, we didn't get any yells at the end of the race, the truck race, the Xfinity race. There was a bunch of yellows at the end, and we didn't see a yellow, I think, the entire last stage, if I remember uh, right. So it's hard for that to, to be a factor, um, the choose rule, when you don't have a lot of restarts. Uh, and I think that's why you didn't see any of those moves and things like that in a cup race. But um, and what was the other question? I'm sorry. For, for you or whoever else would want to comment, when you heard that the chase was going to have to start at the back, what did you think? No, I just, for me personally, cup races are so long, it's really not a big deal, and stage points didn't really matter for this race. So just didn't feel like it was a big deal. Yeah. Thank you. No problem. All right, so we have some more drivers coming in, including Cole Custer and Jimmy Johnson. So we have time for three more. We'll go Jerry Jordan, Lee Spencer, and uh, John Haverling. Go ahead, um, Jerry. Jerry Jordan, kickingthetires.net. For whoever's there, um, you know, obviously not the outcome that any of y'all wanted today, but are you guys glad to put 2020 behind you? And, and what do you take away for the 2020 se 2021 season, um, you know, to going into this offseason? Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of fun this year. I can't speak for everyone else, but, um, you know, we, we fought through everybody. Uh, the industry fought through a lot of stuff, and we ran great races and put on great shows. I miss not having the fans, but also enjoyed being able to spend more time at home with my family uh, on Thursdays and Fridays that we would have never had before. So, um, yeah, it's a bizarre year, but, uh, you know, the, the obstacle is kind of the way, and we, we made the most of it. Joey? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, you know, I think it's when you look at what the sport was able to do together, um, working together, uh, you know, the guys that, that are out there, you know, trying to win every week, uh, you know, do anything for a win, uh, was able to all come together as, as one. Um, and I think, you know, everyone should be very proud of that. Uh, the sport should be proud of that. The, uh, every partner that's involved uh, had some kind of idea of how to go back racing. Um, I think Steve O'Donnell and NASCAR did, you know, um, everybody at NASCAR should be very 
proud and um, and deserve a lot of credit uh, for for getting everyone to work together, put working groups together uh, during the the you know the pandemic when we were not racing at least, um, and, and being able to come together. Um, you know, in a year where everyone feels so separated uh, in ways I feel like we were united more than ever. Um, so I think there's a lot to be proud of there. Thank y'all. All right, we'll go Lee Spencer. Go ahead, Lee. Thank you, and congratulations, Shelman, on, on a good season. Um, you know, kind of following up on that, after what we've been through in the pandemic, are there any recommendations? And I ask this because you both are champions and well-respected in the sport. Are there any recommendations, you know, from the lessons learned this year that you would take to um, Daytona, you know, as far as voicing opinions as as to what could make um, the sport more productive in the future. Yeah, I mean, I, I think personally, you know, it just it, it proves to us uh, that the craziest things you could think of and things that we would never be open to do before this year um, is possible. And nothing's ever as crazy as you think it is, right? I mean, if you told us we were going to a road course uh, and never have practice and, and we're just going to line up and race, and you told us that in January, February, we said, you're nuts. That would never happen. We got to have a test session. We got to have a bunch of practice. Uh, it is not possible. Right. And, and, and we did it and it was a great race right down in Daytona. So I think the biggest thing is just that, that we can all take away from this, is that, you know, we're, we could be more open-minded uh, to change and, and know that, you know, as different as things feel, eventually it becomes a new normal. Uh, and, and I think that was a big challenge for everybody. Um, change isn't easy. Um, yeah, for anybody, but I think overall, you know, everybody um, really was open to it and, and had to, right? You're forced to do it. And, and now we know what we're capable of as a sport. And um, yeah, I think there's a lot of key learning from, from this year, uh, whether, like I said, from scheduling, um, cost savings, uh, you know, still being able to put on a great race, which is the most important piece for our fans. Um, so looking forward to next year when we can get some fans back to the racetrack and hopefully we get through this pandemic soon because, uh, it's nice to be able to have a packed, packed out house uh, like we used to have. Brad? Yeah, lessons, uh, you know, we can do a lot more with a lot less than we ever thought we could, I think is, you know, what Joey was trying to say. And, um, you know, I was really encouraged by our ability to, to stay safe and not that we were perfect as an industry. I mean, certainly we had a few people get sick, but all in all, it went pretty well. And, uh, Hopeful that we can bring our fans back for Daytona Speed Weeks. Uh, I know a lot of people are pushing hard for that. Uh, sign me up for the club. And, uh, you know, then we got huge initiatives for the sport with the new car and all that. And uh, a lot going on. So, um, you know, all in all, like I said at the beginning, uh, Lee, I think this year showed uh, that if we can make it through this, that we can make it through a lot of different things. So um, I'm optimistic to see how that will play out. Super. Thank you. Safe travels, gentlemen. Thanks, Lee. All right. And our final question for these three um, will come from John Haverland. Go ahead, John. Hey, guys. If I could have each driver maybe answer this. Um, I just wanted to get everyone's thoughts on having Phoenix as the championship track versus having Homestead now. And uh, would you like to see Homestead, or I'm sorry, would you like to see Phoenix be the track that hosts it for years to come? My thought was great. Shoot, the racing was really good. The cars uh, were really hard to drive like they should be. We're, you know, 
maybe that's not the case on the 550 track. So, no, in general, I thought it was great for the sport. I mean, if you had a fast car, you'd probably like it more than if you didn't. But, uh, uh, you know, in general, I, I think uh, NASCAR was built on the smaller tracks and the, the championship being awarded on them feels right to me. Yeah, I think it was a, a, a great um, you know, racetrack for today. I thought the racing was pretty good. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of moving around like the Super Bowl moves around. I, I, I kind of think it, we should be open to doing things like that. But I think um, overall, you know, it's going to be an interesting race no matter what. When there's so much on the line and so much pressure, no matter where you go, uh, it, it is going to be, a, you know, an interesting race. And top four cars are going to be the top four cars. Um because the, it's just they're the best of the year and they're going to bring the most to the table when it matters the most. So, um, you know, I thought the racing was good. Uh, you know, there was late race caution like uh, there was in the other two races here this weekend, but uh, I was, I was hoping for it. <laughs> I wanted to come down pit road one more time and uh, see if we come out up front and try to get a win, but um, you know, it was uh, not in the cars today. So but overall, you know, I'd say the, the racing was good. Any, did you have anything to add? Um, no, I just, I think that, you know, uh, I'm good with it moving around. I'm good with it staying here for a little bit. Uh, certainly think that uh, Phoenix uh, Raceway uh, invested money into the fan experience and any track that does that, um, you know, deserves to, to have, a, have, a, have a big race. And, um, you know, I'm, to me, facilities is, is, is a big hitter uh, in my mind for the fan experience, and uh, they invested money in it. The city is a sports town. Uh, a lot of stuff goes on in this city beyond, um, you know, racing, other sports. So uh, we always have had great crowds here, no matter what's going on, whether we race two, two races a, a year here, um, and it was a playoff race or not, it was always a packed crowd. So this, uh, this place deserves, um, deserves the race that it got. And, but I'm also like Joey, I agree that, um, you know, you should move around a little bit, but you want to make sure that it's a, a town and a city and a track that, uh, is, is, um, up to par for, for what a place like this, this is. All right. Well, Denny, uh, Brad and Joey, thank you so much for taking the time to us. Um, congrats on really great seasons and, um, have a great off season. We'll see you next year. Thank you. See you next year. Have a great holidays, guys. You too. Thank you, guys. Actually, we're going to switch it up a little bit. And yet again, Jimmy Johnson beats the rest of the crowd, this time to his final press conference. Yeah, I won something this year. Of his full-time <laughs> NASCAR Cup Series career. Uh, so if you have a question for Jimmy, uh, please raise your hand. Uh, and we'll get to as many questions as we can, like I said, we, uh, we have a full slate of uh, drivers and champions and uh, folks coming to the media center. So we'll get to as many as we can. Start down here. Bob Parkers, lead us off, please. Jimmy, um, what did you tell Chase uh, when you uh, saw him after the race? And also, do you have any plans like for your helmet, gloves, and that type of stuff? I don't remember what I said to him. There was a lot of screaming. Um, I remember him saying, can you believe it? And uh, just, just so happy for him. I'm, I'm sure I was saying something along those lines, just how happy I am for him. Um, I saw him on track and left a big donut on the side of his car, and I was able to get a high five as he was coming around to do burnouts, and I was waving goodbye. So certainly a, a couple cool moments. And helmet and gloves, I haven't thought um, too far. Chase and I have been talking about a helmet swap, so this might be a good opportunity 
to swap helmets with him tonight. We'll see how that goes. Next up, we'll go to Dustin Albino. Go ahead, Dustin. Yeah, Jimmy, what were the emotions like prior to the race today? Really just excited, excited to do this, excited to get on track and have this final event. For me, the hardest point was about this time last year when thoughts were heavy in my mind and I, I was going to make the decision and made the decision to myself and my family and then had to go to Rick's house and, and talk that through with Mr. Hendrick. So that point in time was probably the most emotional and most difficult. And as the year has gone by, um, many, many moments of reflection and just pride and then all of that rolled into today. And just very excited to be on track. And it was nice to be competitive out there and run, you know, run the top five, finish in the top five. But my bucket's full. I mean, this NASCAR has been so wonderful for me. This journey has been more than I've, I've, I could have ever dreamed of or expected or hoped for. And, um, you know, the last couple of years on track weren't as I've, you know, dreamed up. But I've experienced the highest of highs and um, worked with the greatest people and been with one, one team through this entire journey. And uh, just very thankful for, for all the people that have helped me get here. So all those emotions and all that pride rolled up into just a huge smile today, uh, walking out on the grid. Next up, we'll take Jeff. Hey, Jimmy. Uh, I'm sure it wouldn't have changed, you know, how you view this if, if you had finished 15th or 10th or something. But to be fifth and only, you know, be the, the top uh, driver behind the championship for, you know, does that have any special significance in your last race to go out as, as that guy that's, you know, the, just behind those guys? No, it does. I, I didn't realize that was the case. And Evie told me that on pit lane. She said, daddy, I think you won. I said, no, I finished fifth. So no, the first four cars were in the championship and you, you beat everybody else. So uh, she brought it to my attention and had her own version of me winning, which I appreciated, but um, just a, a good competitive day. And I, I could see the 11 up there and was slowly catching him, but just kind of ran out of laps. Um, but it, it was nice to, to keep my eyes forward and have a great car and, and race that hard all day long. Keep it down here and go to Dominic, then Cole. Dominic, how going with the racing experts? So when you look back on this season, what are some of the biggest lessons you have learned as a competitor? And then I have a follow-up. Follow -up. Lesson, I would say... I thought I hit bottom a few times and there was a, a bottom a little lower than what I, what I envisioned. So, you know, I felt like on track, you know, there, there were mistakes that I made we had issues, um, you know, times where the, the team made mistakes, had bad luck on track, supposedly had COVID and missed the breakout 400. You know, there were just many lows that, that kept rolling. And, you know, I just, just when I thought that that was it, there was another low and I just had to figure out how to put a smile on my face and, and what was important to me and what 2020 was going to be like, regardless of the, the, the way things took place on the track. And I really hit that stride and it doesn't mean I didn't pout from time to time because performance on track really sets your mood for the week. But um, I found a way to smile and, and work through it and finish strong. And then down the road, when you're looking back on this race this weekend, in particular today's race and particular what are you going to remember most or what's going to stick out the most to you chase elliott won his first championship i'm so happy for that guy um great friend great family you know i've been friends with his mom and dad for a lot of years i can recall going snowboarding with bill um out in, in colorado and chase was maybe eight years old something like that on skis super quiet wouldn't say much and uh, to watch him grow up and to, to be around him and to give him some advice from time to time has really been meaningful for me. 
And uh, today, today I think more about him winning the championship than anything. It's pretty awesome. Cole Cusimano, Popular Speed. Uh, congrats on a tremendous career, Jimmy. Um, I just wanted to get your uh, opinion on this. So your final cup championship, you came from the rear and obviously won. Chase did it in his first cup championship. Had that dawned on you? And do you feel it's kind of like a passing of the torch for uh, him and Hendrick Motorsports? You know, that thought went through my mind earlier today when I heard they were going to the back. I sent Alan and Chase a text you know, reminding them that I won a championship that way. And then I saw Chase just before the, the trucks rolled on the uh, driver intro part of the, the ceremonies this morning. And I reminded him, I said, man, I've, I've been there. And it's of the championships I've won coming from the back, I had less nervous energy in my body when I took the green flag. And it was very easy what I needed to do. And I shared that with him. And he smiled and said, man, I hope, I hope that's how it goes today. And, and it did. So we, we didn't think of it as a passing of the torch, but I tried to share some of my experience and, um, you know, with him before the race. And I mean, he doesn't need my help. He's, he's plenty good on his own. And I'm glad it worked out for him. As you probably can see in the queue, we have several questions. If you could just keep your question to one, and if we have time for follow-ups, we'll, we'll go back to you. Next one we will take from, uh, from Mark Garrow. Go ahead, Mark. Thank you. Uh, Jimmy, this is sort of a follow-up on a question you just had. You know, given the ups and downs and lows that you've had, how important it was that you went out on a high, on a competitive high, you know, the leaders were there, you, you know, you, you gave yourself a chance. How important that is it to you? That's, that's the period on this right now. For Jimmy is Jimmy, you're still muted. Hold on one second. There you go. That's, that's good. Sorry seconds. about that. Okay. We'll let you take our next question uh, from Steve Homer. Go ahead, Steve. Yes. Uh, yes, Jimmy. Uh, you know what the what a first championship meant to you? What do you think it's going to mean to Chase? And, and what, how does that reshape a, a driver's career, do you think? You know, it really does change your confidence as a, um, as a driver, as a leader of a race team. And, you know, it, it positions you just different in, in the fan space. And there's a bunch of credibility that comes with that. Um, you know, not that Chase needs any fans, but I'm sure they're – there might be naysayers out there. Um, you know, so a big moment like this really cements you in, uh, in everybody's head is the real deal. You know, it's one thing to win races. It's one thing to be fast. But to get it all done and win races and be fast and win a championship is the most difficult thing to do in our, in our sport. So for him to have a championship at this, this age and being so young, um, there's no telling what the win total will be for him or his championship total. Thank you. Mark Garrow, I, uh, I know your, your answer is muted. Do you, have, do you want to repeat that question? Okay, uh, take two. <laughs> Sorry about that. Jimmy, just your feelings about going out at such a competitive level. You talked a moment ago about the lows and all that. Is Just how do you feel about going out with a performance where you kind of drove from the back and, and stayed up front all day? It definitely feels good for my, uh, my final race to, to run well. A big tent full of friends here uh, watching my my family is clearly here and um you know i didn't have too much riding on today and in, in making sure that i had a, a, a good run just because I, I always plan to run well and in my head i always feel like i should but uh, ultimately this year is just a little bittersweet for me and to have the issues we have had and not be competitive uh, down the stretch not make the playoffs you know all that still still stings but uh to finish you know finish with a solid Top five uh, to close things out is nice. 
Next up, we'll go to Taryn Wack. Go ahead, Taryn. Hi, Jimmy. Thanks for taking my question. Um, I was wondering if it has hit you yet that this is the end of your full-time career in NASCAR, or do you think that'll come later? I've let in about as much as I, I can. I feel like you know the off season will happen, and I won't have team meetings and team twenty uh, twenty twenty one planning meetings, and my trips to the shop um, won't be as frequent. I'll still go and, and still be around HMS just because it's home. But I, I think as next year comes around, and I, I don't go to Daytona for the five hundred, and those you know those first that come along, that's when it will continue. You know, we'll take deeper. Uh, it'll continue to set in deeper and deeper then. But I feel like. I've had a very special week, a lot of friends in town. I've spoken to a lot on the phone, a lot through text, a lot of meaningful conversations. And I'm very thankful that I've had that from friends, family, a lot of my peers here today. Um, so I'm, I'm feeling pretty full right now. Thank you. Next, we'll go to Davey Siegel. Go ahead, Davey. Hey, Jimmy. COVID has affected this year in a bunch of ways at the track, obviously. And you hadn't been able to have your family with you most of the year. How special was it to have them with you today on what was obviously a really special day for you? Yeah, that was everything. Um, they haven't been to a race since Fontana. So to have them here and have them a part of this uh, is something I really, really hoped could happen. And once I knew we were going to have fans at the track, I felt like the chances were high and very thankful I was able to have them here. Next up, we'll go to uh, Michael Shelton. Go ahead, Michael. Thank you very much. So, Jimmy, congratulations again on an outstanding career. But obviously, you're racing. You're not done racing, period. You're moving to IndyCar next year. So, you know, when do you start uh, your preparations to join Chip Ganassi Racing uh, for next season? And then, you know, how much are you looking forward to IndyCar? Is it going to be kind of like a rebirth for you in a way? Yeah, I'm not sure what to think of it all just yet. I was able to drive the car on Monday in in Alabama at the Barber Racetrack. Um, learned a lot and uh, know the areas that I need to work to be more competitive in those cars. I'm also traveling um, tomorrow to Monterey, California. We're testing there on Tuesday. So I get another shot at uh, testing the car and getting a feel for things. So I'm integrated into the team. Certainly more, more throughout the off season will, will take place. Their season just finished and obviously ours did as well. But um, you know, I'm plugged in over there and trying to learn what I can and uh, just trying to make the switch from a, a car with very little downforce to a car with a lot of downforce. So uh, I have a big challenge ahead of myself. Come back down here to Michael Knight. Michael, Thank you. Question. Congratulations. Hi, Jimmy. Michael Knight. Very few people in any, in any uh, stage of life get to go out on their own terms. Could you uh, give us some insight into how special – that element of it makes all of this that has happened to you. And also they showed on TV out on pit road, a uh, group hug. It was you, Mr. H and chase. Do you remember what you felt at that moment or anything that was said? Um, I don't chase kept saying, can you believe it? And, um, I, uh, I don't know what I was saying, but I, I just, just so proud of Chase and then to be there with Rick. I haven't seen, that's the first time I've seen Rick in person since March. So there was a lot going on in, in one moment there, for, I think for all three of us, um, a very meaningful moment for me to, to be there with Rick and with Chase. Um, but I can't remember what was exactly said. Um, 
you know, of course, very happy and all the things that come come along those lines. What was your, your first question, Michael? The uh, ability to go out on your own terms, which very few people are able to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I have friends that have been NASCAR drivers, friends of mine that have played professional football, professional baseball. You know, very few have had the opportunity to to call their shot and say when they're done. Um, some have had injury, some were forced out, some sponsorship or opportunity passed them by. And in either way, you know, watching them, there's a big void that's that I've noticed. And I'm just thankful that I don't have the, I won't have that void. I was able to to do it on my terms. I was able to have the support from Ally and, and Mr. Hendrick and Hendrick Motorsports to to step down when I wanted to and on my terms. So I'm very thankful for that. Thank you. Stay down here to Alex. Thank you, hey, Jimmy. Um, you mentioned kind of the intensified amount of spotlight or pressure that comes with being a champion. And I'm wondering what advice you have for Chase, given that you're kind of making your exit and he's starting this championship ascent. Yeah, we, we talk a lot. And, you know, he, he has a, a, an amazing grasp on, grasp on things. And at the end of the day, it's really the driver and the crew chief and how they want to conduct business. And Alan and Chase have a great relationship. They, they know what they need out of each other. And Chase, uh, being as young as he is, has a ton of wisdom and a ton of, ton of knowledge. And, and clearly, he's been around the sport for a lot of years and a lot of great people that he surrounds himself with. So I'm always amazed when we chat just how, how put together his thoughts are when, when we do talk. I mean, I, at his age, my head was scrambled and I was all over the place. And you know, we, we chatted a couple times this week and he had it all in line. I mean, and I could genuinely tell that his, his head was in the right place. He didn't have unneeded nerves and anxiety flowing through him. I mean, he really was calm and, and ready to get out here and get to work. Then of course, starting at the back, it was a real test of the system at that point. And I saw him before we rolled out uh, to the cars and he was at peace. So he's just really wise beyond his years. And, and, um, with that extremely talented. I know there are a number of questions left in the queue, but we have time for two more. We'll take Cameron down here and then go to Rob Tiongson uh, on Zoom and then we'll wrap it. Cameron Richardson, Lumberjack. Jimmy, I just want to know, was there an interaction maybe you had with a fan or just anyone maybe just a little bit outside the racing community that you aren't always around with that kind of will always stick with you and just really encapsulates everything you've done in your career? rolled around the track and waved goodbye and um, came down pit lane and gave a high five to every single crew member that down pit lane, they all came off the wall and were standing out there and there was a long, long line of crew members and that, that, uh, that respect for my peers and respect from the industry is, is something I'll, I'll never, ever forget. Rob. Thanks, Matt. Jimmy, congratulations on a fantastic career. Um, I know you've been doing a lot of contemplating, so my question for you is, if you could talk to your younger self back in the year 2000, when you knew you were going to get the chance to drive in Cup, would your younger self believe you've had this incredible journey as a seven-time champion? No, there, there's no way. And I would have told myself to relax. Everything's going to be just fine. Um, I don't know if I would ask myself to really change much because I am who I am and all of the overthinking and worrying and the sleepless nights and waking up early to try to find an advantage, all that paid off. Um, so I, I don't know if I would change anything, but 
maybe I'd tell myself just to, just to chill out and enjoy the ride because everything was going to turn out just fine. Thanks, Jimmy. See you down the road. Thanks. And that'll do it for uh, questions for Jimmy. Jimmy, any parting words for, for us as we uh, say goodbye to, to, to legend? Uh, well, thank you. I, I just absolutely want to thank the media. Um, known many of you for a lot of years and just thank you for, uh, for covering the sport. Thank you for being a part of this industry. Most of all, thank you for being a friend and, and uh, being on this journey together. You work very hard. You are um, first in, last out, um, away from your family, is away from your friends more than, more than I even am. And I know how hard it is on my end. So a sincere thank you to all of you. And uh, I look forward to, to seeing you guys less often. Not, not, not because I don't want to see you, but because I'm slowing down and I'll only be in the media center at a few IndyCar races, I guess. But thank you all very much. See you in March. <laughs> thank you jimmy congratulations and really appreciate it amazing career thank you for tuning in to track smack smackcast check out more at tracksmackradio.com This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.